There's a certain point of the day when a particular question comes up, one that you may take the lead on, but it's one that may require a consensus from an entire group of friends or family. And that question, what's for dinner? Now, perhaps everyone is in somewhat of agreement that tonight we'll order in dinner. So the next question is, do we want Chinese, Italian, Greek, Mexican, Indian? What's everyone thinking? And this talk about food somehow transitions the conversation amongst the group, reminiscing about lobster rolls and spicy grilled cheese sandwiches when they were at the beach, the fun of going into the ocean waves, a funny moment when they thought their chairs were moved when they came out, drinks at the tiki bar. And then it's at this point, you're asking yourself, are we ever going to decide on dinner tonight? We're going to talk about how these sidetracked thoughts and discussions is another noisy concept influencing your ability to manage your money. Today on Fin Wisdom. Hello, I'm your host Joel, and welcome to our fifth and final episode of this season of Fin Wisdom. And the title of today's discussion is bullied by the group. As we wrap up season three, we've been focusing on a concept called noise and its behavioral risk to making judgments. Now, if you're just tuning into this season, that's okay. I'll provide a quick recap, but I would recommend starting with the first episode of season three. So here's the premise. Behavioral economics over the past decades has concentrated its attention to understanding biases. Now, biases are irrational beliefs or behaviors that can unconsciously influence our decision-making process, and they are behaviors that are consistently observed. These are errors in judgments that all follow in the same direction, and we can see what type of error each bias has on those decisions. Whereas noise is more closely related to behavioral variability on a very individual level. It's more random and is less studied in why this season is dedicated to noise. So far, we've had conversations around a wide range of behavioral variability. And now we're going to look at one last form of noise interference. That intro about dinner could be just about any type of topic, especially around food, such as deciding the toppings that go on a pizza. But what about more complex decision-making, such as those associated with making a real vacation plan? Now, there's a reason you probably picked this specific destination, and my guess is it has to do with a desired activity that can only be experienced at that location. Something perhaps on your life bucket list. And of course, you want to share this experience with family or friends, but is someone in the group raining on your parade? Literally bringing up the what ifs. What if it rains? What if it's too crowded? What if we miss our flight connection? I think we ought to stay at this hotel. I think it's too expensive. I think we should do this activity instead, and if you really want the best experience, we should be planning to go elsewhere. Any one particular adjustment to your instincts and your choices may not seem critical, but when other voices, 
Other judgments begin to outweigh your vision and influence the intentional outcomes. The ranking of those priorities tend to change, sometimes in an undesirable direction. What we're witnessing or observing is the value of judgments going off on a tangent when there is some type of catalyst. Some type of intensification occurs where certain voices or groups of voices weigh more heavily in the decision making. And this is called group amplification. So what often occurs in group amplification is this cascading effect and they are extremely pervasive. It can happen in any setting and how small shifts in conversations can produce multiple deviations from the focus of a decision. I also believe that while other forms of behavioral variability can be argued to be more often observed, group amplification can potentially be the most detrimental in judgments. And how does group amplification tinker with our financial decision making? We'll get into that after this sponsor break. I hope you've been enjoying this season of Fin Wisdom and the discussion on the impact of noise on your financial decision making. But what about the judgment every day within your own organization? Think about how time, resources, and money are getting dedicated based on important decisions among your company leaders that will determine the future fate of your firm. Fortunately, there's help to reduce behavioral variability. And that's with DNA Behavior International. DNA Behavior offers an all-in-one behavioral tech platform that recognizes every interaction is an opportunity to adapt behaviors among employees and your customers. To improve your organization's ability to communicate, increase its probability of success, and to improve client engagement, DNA Behavior offers integrated tools that can help reduce noise and improve your organization's ability to communicate, increase its probability of success, and to improve client engagement. Visit dnabehavior.com to learn how their proactive approach can take your organization to the next level. Before the sponsor break, I introduced this concept of group amplification. I think a great illustration of this is on the job. So as an illustration, let's say you and five other business partners are establishing a critical business plan. You're discussing the various facets of this plan, and despite the experience and expertise of the professionals at the table, certain voices or groups can potentially weigh more heavily in the decision-making. And this may be in the form of all sorts of surprising catalysts. An obvious amplifier could be the seniority of the team leader's vision. Another amplifier may be the influence of existing team member relationships. And another amplifier could be coffee versus tea lovers. Wait, what? Did I just say coffee versus tea lovers? How can my choice of beverage create behavioral variability? Let me create this scenario. And we'll use the same situation right now, this planning session. And let's say you are a big coffee drinker. Everyone knows it, and they know how much you love the aroma and taste of a decent cup of joe. And the coffee they usually serve in these conference room meetings is actually quite good. In fact, you kind of look forward to it. 
it's almost an incentive for you to attend. However, the meeting planner and many of the attendees are tea lovers, so today there will be no coffee. But there will be 12 varieties of tea to choose from. And you may feel a little left out as side conversations circulate around the room about those various flavors of tea. And this seemingly irrelevant experience can create inconsequential noise, possibly unconscious collaboration amongst these business partners. And that can have an effect in terms of this strategic planning session. Choices that could have lasting effects on dedicated time, resources, and money. It's hard to believe that the future growth of your business may depend on the beverage served during the meeting. But that's the point. See, group dynamics can potentially generate very different outcomes and decision ranking, even for minor or even irrelevant differences among members of a group. But there's another side of group amplification because it doesn't know the difference between being overactive and underactive. So what I mean is sometimes one's internal voice may influence your decision to actually speak up. So you may have been in a classroom, a business meeting, or social setting, and someone influential shares their supporting evidence why a certain course of action should be taken, and then ask the audience, Does anyone disagree? Please raise your hand. But all you hear and see is silence. And many people may have valid arguments to question the judgment, but the overwhelming hesitation from anyone raising their hand in what may be deemed as defiance amplifies the weight of the voice at the front of the room or leader of a virtual conference call. So you might feel intimidated or even bullied into silence and thus for the title of today's podcast. Because group amplification can make you feel like you've been bullied into submission or swayed to go with an overwhelming stream of group consciousness. Okay, so let's switch the conversation to your personal ability to manage money. And I have a great example. So when it comes to investing, have you ever heard the term, stay the course? I bet you have. And it's sound advice, especially if you want to reach your long-term life goals and to improve your financial wellness. But how strong is your willpower when opposing voices become overwhelming to do elsewise? So let's say the mainstream media is warning of a huge market dip for various reasons. Postings on your favorite social media are only compounding your anxiety as investor emotions are on display with grave concerns. And... You begin to panic as your spouse, family members, friends, or even maybe an authoritative acquaintance of yours is telling you they already bailed. And that group amplification can definitely have an impact on your financial wellness. And what about your spending habits? Now, as an example, everyone needs a warm coat to protect from the winter elements. But did you seriously need to spend the money on one of those famous brands? the ones that go as high as $1,000 or more. And how did you come to the conclusion that this was the code for you? It may have been similar in the reasoning that we talked about when it came to investing. The group amplification from the code getting promoted all over the place, getting socialized, 
friends telling you all about how they're going to buy one, that they are the best coats ever. And some of these coats even have bragging rights, right? That they keep you really nice and cozy warm, even if you're standing on the Antarctica. How awesome is that? But according to statistics, New York City, for example, experiences an average of 18 days of a year where the weather is below freezing. So do you honestly need this type of coat that costs well over $1,000 for most of the winter? And maybe you even live in a place that is somewhat colder or warmer. But at this point, I can already see the hands being raised even over this podcast, and you probably want to justify such a purchase and blurt out, yeah, but Joelle, a good winter coat can last a lifetime. But the truth is, on average, people hold a winter coat for no more than five years. And if you took a look at your wardrobe, I bet you buy a new coat more frequently than that. Maybe it's every two winter seasons. And when the weather is that cold... Do you even leave your home on those days? So according to my calculations, you're paying probably about $50 each time for the privilege of wearing that coat. Now you may wear that coat on many more days throughout the colder months, but it is more a question of want versus need, and that want probably increased as a result of group amplification. The point of these stories, whether it's your savings and investing or your spending, is how this peer pressure, this group noise, can seriously short-circuit your own reasoning. So let's talk about ways to curb the influences of this type of behavioral variability right after this brief message. If all this discussion around this newer concept in behavioral economics is making you realize that noise is impacting the judgment in your workplace, and you're wondering how you can introduce this concept to your leadership and sales force, well then let me share with you a little insight. In conjunction with DNA Behavior, a new two-day workshop around behavioral variability is going to be kicking off in the very near future. In this workshop, will help your most influential leaders in your organization understand what it is, why it matters, how it influences judgments, and help you conduct your own noise audit, which helps reduce the impact of behavioral variability and potentially improve critical decisions made enterprise-wide. So if you're interested to learn more, visit finwisdom.com and drop me a note And let me know that you'd like to learn more about this behavioral variability workshop. Welcome back again. And before we talk tips, there are two items I feel we need to address. The first is a distinct source of noise associated with group amplification. And the second is a question that you may have associated with it. So back in 1954, A well-known film and television writer wrote the teleplay to a remarkable story that moved on to become a landmark movie in 1957 that starred some amazing actors for its time. It included the likes of Henry Fonda, Lee Cobb, Jack Warden, Jack Klugman, to name a few. 
Now, some of these actors are even before my time, so you may not even be aware of them. But if you happen to look up any of them, you would find they left quite a footprint in Hollywood. And that movie is 12 Angry Men. It's an amazing film, and I often reference and recommend viewing it to those I've given career advice to because of its valuable learning lessons about group dynamics. It's a story about 12 jurors who must decide whether or not they should come to a guilty verdict based on a violent crime that was committed. This film examines many facets of influences of diversity and our judicial system, but the focus of the play centers around one juror, played by Henry Fonda, who is at first the sole holdout in an 11-to-1 guilty vote. What makes this film so intriguing is the noise, the behavioral variability that occurs around the room. And what makes this story even more interesting is that this one juror is not spending energy in trying to prove the other jurors wrong, but rather on getting them to look at the situation from a different point of view in order to reduce the personal feelings and their biases. I won't give away the ending, but I will say that this one holdout is able to influence the overwhelming odds. But the reason I have taken the time to discuss 12 Angry Men is because it hits upon a specific type of noise, and that's group polarization. The basic premise is that when people converse with one another, they tend to reach a point that is more extreme than their original inclinations. So if your initial tendencies is to believe that your point of view has merit, by the end of the group engagement, you believe your point is absolutely the solution. And just on a side note, those who may be wondering why this film, especially those of younger age, was written from the point of view of men only, this was not malice or to intentionally disregard women in any way. You need to think about the historical time frame. The teleplay and film were, again, produced in 1954 and 1957, respectively. And at that time, women did not serve on the jury. It wasn't until the Civil Rights Act of 1957 that gave women the right to serve on federal juries. And it wasn't until truly 1975 that the United States Supreme Court established a constitutional protection for the right of women to serve on juries. And I can't help but wonder if 12 Angry Men had any influence at that time. But in either case, this story has been produced as a play numerous times, and nowadays it usually goes by 12 Angry People, with a more mixed group of actors. So let me get to a question that may be bubbling up. Is group amplification and the behavioral bias known as groupthink the same thing? Well, both are complements to one another, but they are not identical. So let me explain using this story. First off, and for definitional purposes, groupthink is the practice of thinking or making decisions as a group in a way that discourages creativity or individual responsibility. It's when there's a cluster of people who reach a consensus without critical reasoning or evaluation of the consequences or alternatives. So when you think about 12 Angry Men, Think of this bias as the 11 out of 12 jurors who immediately, and with mutual agreement, pass judgment to come to a consensus of a guilty verdict. However, 
Each of those jurors may also be creating their own individual noise. They may be in immediate agreement, but each of them have produced their own behavioral variability, each clouding one another's judgment, feeding their separate belief systems that also lead to group polarization. And groupthink as a bias is something that's an observable error in judgment all heading in the same direction. Whereas this group amplification and group polarization, think of it as that dial that can ramp up and down the noise from the individual influences. Okay, so let's wrap up with a few quick tips. Number one, don't try to change someone's mind, or maybe even your own. Help look from a different perspective. You know, get yourself or people to discuss why they came to that point of view. Are there other variables you can introduce to the decision-making process that helps produce other choices? So when it comes to your money, our minds like to narrow down choices to a simple selection process as possible. And often that's what you want to recommend. I mean, I have recommended that for tips for other biases and uh, behavioral variability. However, for group amplification, when there's multiple people being involved and they have this individual noise component, it's just not black or white. It's more gray. Number two, don't necessarily avoid conflict. Embrace conflict in your financial planning and decision making. Our inherent feelings of loss aversion, our fear of losing money, also makes us highly susceptible to the influences of group amplification. The pressures to take action with our money based on what we see or hear in social channels and the media are highly influential. And at the same time, we tend to avoid conflict versus embracing it. Just the word conflict is considering something to avoid, but swap out the use of the word conflict with the word change. And you might find it will give you an entirely new perspective on your ability to listen to opposing views. Number three, stay focused on the agenda. We spent a great deal of today's podcast talking about how we get sidetracked. And this may be one of the biggest challenges we have with managing our money, intent versus action. We often want to save and invest more, but somehow less relevant messages, voices, interfere and tinker with those priorities. All financial planning pretty much falls into three categories of addressing needs, wants, and the unexpected. And maybe the problem is how we prioritize these three buckets. So let's say you have an intent to save and invest for a new home, but yet the actions you take based on your friends showing off their new remodeled homes, makes you want to buy new furniture set for your own living room. Your intent is to save more for your children's college education. But yet, due to this group amplifications that we discussed, you end up getting them the most ridiculously expensive toys that they wanted from Santa. Your intent is to reduce your monthly phone plan by a few dollars, but yet you'll unnecessarily buy the latest smartphone model because all your friends or family share their own logic why you need it. So there is always something there that's impacting your ability to prioritize your financial decisions. Number four, 
play devil's advocate. Go ahead and ask yourself what the consequences of not reacting to all those influential voices, those pressures, and the messaging that you get exposed to from larger group dynamics. By asking incisive questions, think of comparable scenarios that refute the convincing claims. Pose hypothetical situations to clarify and expand the input into a decision. And, of course, are there alternative explanations or solutions to those resulting judgments? And so this concludes Season 5 and our current conversations about noise and behavioral variability. I want to thank you for your ears and hope you continue to observe all these behavioral risks when they arise so that hopefully you can utilize the tips that we've been providing along the way. And keep a lookout for notification when the next season starts. But until then, when it comes to that age-old question of what's for dinner, I recommend steer clear of the loaded, open-ended questions that can lead to less relevant factors and simply offer a closed-ended question limited to two or three choices to reduce the noise. So what will it be? Chinese or Italian? As a copyright reminder, written permission is required to use any of the content shared. Any views expressed are my own and are not the opinion of any entity unless otherwise mentioned during the program. And since we are critical thinking creatures, these opinions are subject to change. For financial advice, consider consulting a licensed financial professional. And make sure to watch your inbox for the next exciting episode of Fin Wisdom.